Welcome. I'm Knox County District Attorney General Sharm Allen. Thank you for joining us on Generally Speaking, where I will discuss important issues impacting public safety with expert frontline prosecutors who are seeking justice each and every day. The District Attorney General's office can sometimes seem shrouded in secrecy. This is most often due to ethical rules that prohibit us from discussing pending cases. Our goal is to pull back that perceived curtain and tell you exactly who we are and what we do in the pursuit of justice, both in the courtroom and the community. Generally speaking, of course. Thank you for joining us for our second season of Generally Speaking. For those of you that listened to our first season, you know that we covered six of our nine special prosecution units during the season. So the second season, we're going to pick up those three additional special prosecution units, as well as move into some other important topics this season. The first topic that we're going to talk about is something that I'm very excited about. We will be talking about our elder abuse unit. And to do that, we will be having our team leader, Assistant District Attorney General Tammy Hicks. Tammy graduated from the University of Tennessee Law School in 1997. She then went to work as a prosecutor in the 13th Judicial District before returning home to East Tennessee, where she started working in our office in 2007. She currently is the leader of our Elder Abuse Unit. Thank you for joining us today, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Just for some background, we first created an elder abuse unit here in our office in 2014. And the reason that we created that office is because prior to that, we had not had any prosecutors that specialized on issues dealing with those in our community who were elderly and had been abused. We had child abuse units. We had other units that dealt with special victims, but we just didn't have an elder abuse unit. And I felt it was vitally important that we deal with those particular individuals in a special way. And so in 2014, when I took office, I asked a prosecutor in our office to create a unit. And much to our surprise, in the process of creating a special prosecution unit for elder victims here in our community, we realized that there was not a special prosecution team anywhere in the state of Tennessee. And that was 2014. So we had to go out of state to find special prosecutors who dealt specifically with elder abuse crimes. And as we did that, we then began prosecuting those cases. And then we realized that the laws in Tennessee back in 2014, 2015 had not been updated dealing with elder abuse crimes since the late 80s, early 90s. And so as a member of the Tennessee District Attorney General's conference statewide, I asked the conference to carry elder abuse legislation to really rewrite those elder abuse laws. And because there were so many laws and it was such a heavy lift, it took us three years in front of the state legislature to actually get all the elder abuse laws rewritten. And we really started traveling down that path of focusing on those in our community who are elderly and really are suffering. And so I think we have really, as prosecutors across the state, been able to do some great work. And a lot of that great work is done here in Knox County. And it is actually done by General Hicks on a daily basis. So let's get to General Hicks and begin our direct examination. Tammy, tell us to begin, what is the definition of the Tennessee criminal law on elder abuse? So an elderly adult in the criminal law in Tennessee is age 70 and above. 
people may be familiar with Tennessee Department of Health's Adult Protective Services Division, and they investigate crimes for anybody 60 and above. But as far as the criminal statutes go, it's 70 and above. Within this same body of law, we also deal with vulnerable adults. Can you tell our listeners what vulnerable adults are? Yes. So a vulnerable adult is a person who is 18 or older, and they have an intellectual disability or a physical disability. And because of that, they're not able to fully manage their own resources or carry out all of their activities of daily living or fully protect themselves from abusive type situations like physical abuse, neglect, or financial exploitation. And the causes of intellectual and physical disabilities are unlimited in number, so we couldn't cover a comprehensive list today, but just a few examples, for instance. Somebody with an intellectual disability that was identified while they were in school, that would carry over after they were 18, and I could prosecute a case where they were a victim because they're a vulnerable adult. Other causes of an intellectual disability could be a traumatic brain injury or a disease process like brain cancer. Something we see pretty fairly regularly is an adult who doesn't qualify as an elderly adult because they haven't turned 70 yet, but they're suffering from something like early onset Alzheimer's or dementia, and they qualify as vulnerable under this statute. Examples of a physical disability are a little easier for people to understand. That could include somebody who suffers from cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, a spinal injury, paralysis of some kind. So somebody who has to use a wheelchair for mobility would fall under this statute. And again, this could be somebody as young as 18, or it could be somebody older who has an age-related disability but hasn't turned 70 yet, but these statutes would still protect them. Okay, so that is a wide range of victims. Can you tell our listeners how an investigation into all these cases would begin? So the most common way an investigation begins for elderly and vulnerable adults is through a report to the Tennessee Department of Health's Adult Protective Services Division. We call them APS for short. An APS has a hotline to call by telephone or an online system to report suspected abuse, neglect, or financial exploitation of elderly or vulnerable adults. All adults in Tennessee are mandatory reporters of elder and vulnerable adult abuse, just like they are for child abuse. People sometimes think it's just doctors or nurses or law enforcement that have to make reports, but all of us are mandatory reporters, and that's something I want to encourage everybody to take very seriously. The number to call is 1-888-APS-TENN or 1-888-277-8366. We'll include this number and also the link to the online reporting form in the show notes to the podcast. So a report to APS is most common. But also, very frequently, investigations begin because somebody's called 911 in an emergency situation. Sometimes somebody will call the non-emergency number for the Knoxville Police Department or the Knox County Sheriff's Office with a concern about an elderly or vulnerable adult. These calls are investigated by law enforcement, and then they're also referred to APS. I'd like to take this opportunity to just make sure everybody understands that in an emergency situation, please always call 911 because APS can't always make an immediate response. So if you have an immediate need with an elderly or vulnerable adult or or anybody else, you do still need to call 911. Once either one of those types of reports is made, either through APS or law enforcement, then once that investigation is initiated, it proceeds with support from our office. So APS and law enforcement do these investigations together. And then once they complete that investigation, they present to a VAPIT team. Could you talk to our listeners about what a VAPIT team is, how that works, and walk them through that process? 
So VAPIT stands for Vulnerable Adult Protective Investigative Team, and that was created by the legislature to meet at least once a quarter. Required members are APS, the DA's office. It's a meeting hosted by the DA's office. Required attendees are APS and law enforcement. And then the DA's office can invite anyone we feel is beneficial to that process. Like I said, the statute requires meeting quarterly. Because of the number of cases we unfortunately have here in our jurisdiction, we meet twice a month. At those meetings, we discuss all the investigations that are taking place and have taken place. If at the meeting we determine there is sufficient evidence to proceed with some type of criminal charge, then law enforcement and APS forward their file to our office and I review it for what types of charges will be taken. Okay, and so when we talk about types of charges, there are distinct types of abuse that you can cover at VAPIT and that we can end up prosecuting. So could you kind of break down those different areas of abuse that a vulnerable adult or an elderly person could experience and what they're called and kind of walk them through those different scenarios? So the first thing everybody is most probably familiar with is abuse or aggravated abuse. And that's the infliction of physical harm or serious physical harm by anybody, not just somebody who's a caregiver. Probably our most common type of this type of case is a family member who physically assaults an elderly individual. We do occasionally have paid caregivers who physically assault a patient, and those are charged under the abuse statute. Next most common is neglect. Neglect is the failure of a caregiver to provide care, supervision, or services that are necessary to maintain the health of an elderly or vulnerable adult. Aggravated neglect results in serious physical harm. The most common case we have is a caregiver failing to feed an individual adequately or provide for serious medical needs. A common type of crime that is very prolific nowadays is financial exploitation. And that's a crime that can be perpetrated by a stranger through deception. We commonly see that in the scams that occur either online or by telephone. We could really spend an entire podcast talking about those. But in a nutshell, it's where a stranger convinces an elderly or vulnerable adult to send money to them for a fake reason. A common type is what we call the grandparent scam, where a stranger will convince an elderly individual that their grandchild has been arrested and needs immediate money to get out of jail. We also see romance scams, tax refund scams, lottery scams, just to name a, a very few of them. Financial exploitation can also happen when a caregiver takes the resources of an elderly or vulnerable adult and uses those for their own benefit without permission. Probably our most common type of case here in Knox County is this type of financial exploitation, usually coupled with a neglect investigation as well. An example of that very frequently, unfortunately, is that an adult child has an addiction issue and has moved back in with mom and dad in part to help take care of them, but also in part to help out the adult child who needs a place to live. We see many instances of addiction causing these adult children to financially exploit their parents while failing to care for them. We do also have cases of rape and sexual exploitation of elderly and vulnerable adults. And then lastly, we do have felony murder investigations that occur when an elderly or vulnerable adult unfortunately loses their life because of neglect or abuse. So lots of these times, these vulnerable and elderly adults are abused by family members, which is always something sad to see because these elderly adults are the ones that have taken care of us. They're the ones that have taken care of their children and grandchildren, and then those children and grandchildren sometimes turn on them, which always makes these cases really tough to deal with. 
So speaking of being tough to deal with, let's talk about some of the challenges that you have in prosecuting these cases. So we do face several challenges with these investigations, and and one of them, obviously, is the health of the victim. The health of the victim is a, a primary stumbling block with a lot of my cases because by the very nature of the investigation, we're not dealing with victims who are young and overly healthy. We're dealing with people of advanced age or declining health, and they may have an inability to come to court or great difficulty coming to court. Fortunately, in Knox County, we have excellent community resources like the East Tennessee Human Resources Agency's Collaborative Response to Elder and Vulnerable Adult Abuse. We call it CREVA for short. And the Knoxville, Knox County CAC's Rise Above Crime Program. Both of these programs help us provide safe transportation to court, even if our victim has mobility or health issues involved. They will provide in-court support and out-of-court support for our victims. And then our very own victim witness coordinators within our office are specially trained to deal with these issues. And that we have resources like, for instance, a wheelchair that we can help provide, you know, transportation if mobility is an issue. And we can use all of these measures to make victims as comfortable as possible throughout the court process. And then, as you've already mentioned, the family roles of our perpetrators is one of the biggest challenges we face. Obviously, as parents and relatives, we may feel sympathetic to these perpetrators and, and the issues that those people have. Our victims are in a unique position in that they deal with long-standing guilt issues about failings as a parent or a relative. What I would like those victims to understand is that our unit, our elder abuse unit here at the Knox County DA's office, is not a one-size-fits-all unit. And what I mean by that is... A long prison sentence sometimes absolutely is necessary for the crime that's occurred. There's no question about that. But also, sometimes efforts at rehabilitation are what's needed. And we do implement things that can be useful with that drug treatment, mental health treatment, because we do understand that sometimes the victim may still want to have contact with their child or with their relative after that person has been through their drug treatment or their mental health treatment. Another challenge that comes to mind is because we are dealing with elderly victims that uh, sometimes are not in the best of health, unfortunately, we do lose some of these victims during the prosecution process. And so your unit is one that is very proactive in preserving testimony so that we can go ahead and prosecute perpetrators sometimes even after losing the victims sometimes after they pass away, we're still able to go after those perpetrators in those cases. So that's a unique challenge, I think, to your unit, as well as uh, when you talked about financial exploitation and the scams that a lot of these elderly folks encounter, a lot of those scams actually are perpetrated by folks outside this jurisdiction, especially internet scams. They are generated sometimes outside the state and sometimes even outside the country. So that's definitely a challenge in prosecuting folks uh, around the world for abusing people through uh, financial means and, and our community. So those are some of the challenges that came to mind. Can we talk to our listeners on ways to actually prevent elder abuse? First and foremost, I would say be vigilant. Be very vigilant with your elderly and vulnerable relatives, your friends, your neighbors. Most abuse, neglect, financial exploitation occurs because Nobody else is checking in on the elderly aunt besides the person who has become a, a perpetrator. If several people have contact with that victim, it's much, much harder for anybody to be abusive, neglectful, or to gain access to financial resources. If somebody you know doesn't have family to act as a caregiver, and this is much more common than I ever realized, 
But there are many, many people who don't have anybody, who don't have family to act as caregivers or don't have trustworthy family to act as caregivers. There are more resources than people are generally aware of to help deal with that gap. An elderly or vulnerable adult can get a trustworthy and bonded agency to manage their financial interest in an emergency situation instead of relying on the only relative they have who also happens to be somebody who's struggling with an addiction issue. There are agencies that will help secure trustworthy individuals to act as a power of attorney. I encourage you, as someone who's familiar with this person's situation, to reach out to get some information on these resources that are available, and we will absolutely link to some of those resources in our show notes. Areas of abuse are just not easy for prosecutors to deal with. I know being a child abuse prosecutor for over 20 years, certainly those cases are not easy to handle. They're difficult. And elder abuse is really the same way. So, Tammy, how do you keep from taking these cases home with you? Well, I don't always do a good job of that. I don't do a good job of leaving it here at the office. I do very frequently take my victims home with me emotionally and pray for them and worry about them. But with 25 years of experience, I've learned to try to take my drive home from work to clear my thoughts and make the change over from prosecutor to wife and mom and daughter so that I don't affect my family with worries from my job if I can help it. And speaking of this being your job, Tell our listeners why you picked this. Why is this your job? What about being a prosecutor appealed to you, and why did you choose that path in life? I live my dream every day, being a prosecutor. I think it started, my mom was a a longtime home economics teacher, and she was a second mother to a lot of her students. And as I got older, she would share some of the stories of the kids who were living in abusive and just terrible situations. And listening to those The suffering of kids my own age in sort of my same town really made an impact on me. And about that time, law and order hit the air, and I was hooked. And I decided to go to law school to become Jack McCoy and do everything I could to hold people responsible for the harm they did to other people. Well, I, for one, am definitely glad that you are a fan of law and order because we are certainly glad to have you here in the DA's office prosecuting our elder abuse cases. What motivates you to do this job? Along the same lines of what I just said, it's still my desire to help victims get some measure of justice for the hurt they've experienced. A desire to try to make the world a safer place, even after these 25 years, even knowing full well what I know about the failings of the justice system at times. I still feel very strongly every day that it's vital for us as prosecutors to stand up and say, our system isn't perfect, but today I can do something I can do something to make the world a safer place. And you do that every day. And we thank you for that. I thank you for your service to the citizens of Knox County. And I thank you for joining us today on our podcast. And now it's time for our closing statement. You've now heard what the district attorney's office does to combat elder abuse. We can't fight this alone. We need the entire community to be part of that effort and part of that fight. Here are three things that you specifically can do to join us. Number one, report it. As mentioned previously, the Tennessee state law requires reporting of suspected abuse of a vulnerable or elderly adult, but many Tennesseans are embarrassed to talk about this sensitive subject or sometimes they're just afraid to get involved. Please report elder abuse by calling 1-888-APSTENN. Number two, you can talk about it. 
District attorneys across the state are encouraging Tennesseans to talk about elder abuse. Check out our show notes to find videos and graphics to share with friends and family. And number three, help out. We can all play a role in protecting vulnerable populations in our community. Think, do you have someone in your family who's a caregiver for an elderly person or a vulnerable adult? Help by providing respite for caregivers or volunteering with an organization that works with these vulnerable populations to prevent isolations and provide some support. Help by seeking out services and resources with local agencies who stand by ready to help. We'll include some of these resources in our show notes as well.